What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Huddle. Excited about the preseason, and we're excited to be back together for the first time in a month. Right? Whose fault is that? Well, yeah, that's that's my fault. And I am Rob Woodfork, wearing a guardian cap for reasons that I'll explain in a moment. And uh, George Wallace, the coach, and Dave Preston, also wearing a cap, not of the guardian nature, and not no. of the tri-corner variety either. So good for him for evolving. Um, I'll address it uh, r- just right off top here briefly. Uh, yes, we were away for a month because I had a stroke. Uh, what is today makes three weeks since uh, since then. Um, it was a uh, it was a acute ischemic stroke, which means that you have a blockage in an artery in your brain. And uh, George saw the whole thing. <laughs> he was That's true. Uh, he was actually the one that noticed that something was off uh, about me that day. It was the first day back from vacation. And, uh, you know, asked me how my vacation was, and I went to answer, and just gibberish came out. Gibberish came out. And um, I was um, – it was hard for me to – like, my dexterity was off. It was hard for me – like, it took me 10 minutes to log in to the computer um, just to put in my name and password. It took 10 minutes. Uh, he watched me fumble uh, through the wipes as we wiped down our workstations before we began work. Um, so – it um yeah it was an experience uh you had to do you had to do a couple extra sports casts that day until uh, Steve Dresner arrived and okay well uh, it's fine it's better than the alternative yeah so that's yeah fine. that's yeah. true because if I would have gone on air that would have well not well that, that yeah well, that would have gone viral for reasons I didn't that mean are not like good. I didn't mean that yeah. yes <laughs> that yes that would have been I mean I think you know just speaking for the rest of us you know yeah. thankful that you're you know healthy thankful that. You know, if it was if it was going to happen, it happened here where there were people around yeah. you as opposed to if you were taking a nap at yeah. home or heaven forbid you're driving into work he- or heaven forbid you're still on vacation or you're flying back. And, you know, the that's Dominican Republic. And, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it was a confluence of fortunate factors in an unfortunate circumstance, because, as you said, I was in the Dominican Republic on vacation. Like, you don't want that to happen in a country where, I mean, my Spanish is mid, like, when I'm at full strength, let alone, you know. So, I mean, right. you're in a country where you don't speak the language fluent. You know, just an hour before, I was with my daughter on the metro. And then, you know, if it would have happened a half an hour earlier, then I would have been driving. And so, yeah, it was the perfect time and place because if I wasn't at work, as you said, nobody would have noticed that you know, my speech was off and that mm-hmm. was really the only thing that presented. Like there was no physical um, thing on site anyway that would present itself as, as that. But I'm fortunate that I was in the right place at the right time. And uh, I'm fortunate that I got great care from the folks at Suburban Hospital. I mean, they were, I mean, that's their specialty is strokes. So, I mean, you, you have a four hour window within the first four hours if you get treatment you have the best chance for uh, recovery. And so... Is that I, what they said, four hours? Four hours. I wow. know that. I realize that. And I pissed away the first hour because I was just not wanting to go, like not wanting to go to the hospital or... You yeah, know, you, not, were, you not, were... Yeah, I yeah. was here for an hour before I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to call 911. Yeah, because at that point, I was like, you're not driving anywhere and you're not going on the air, so you might as well just do the other <laughs> one. <laughs> Got to do something. You know. I mean, oh, that's yeah. the way it was. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. 
So but luckily, uh, you know, it so happened. Yeah, so yeah. I got in, got the scan. Uh, they saw it right away, and uh, the, the the treatment is uh, TPA, which is a which they call the clot buster. And what they do is like you're, it's it's intravenous, um, mm. and you lay flat for 24 hours. That sucked. I couldn't eat. I couldn't like you have to lay flat for 24 hours because it allows the, um, you know, allows the medicine to. Yeah like get in your head and stay in your head if you're standing if you're sitting up then right. you know it's all coming down so were you able to sleep i mean because you were did, did you have to sucked. stay awake for okay sleep sucked and then right. they check on you like every like 15 minutes and then they'll they'll decrease it right. so then they they were checking on me every half hour and then it was every hour wow so it's it, like the first night sucked the second night uh it, I, I was able to sit up now because the TPA did his job, and um, they they let you sit up and 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 they gave me something for uh, to to sleep and it was good stuff that I wish I could take home, but um, all told I spent two nights in the hospital, and by day ten I started to feel like myself again, and if you're wondering what led to my particular stroke, I'm only I'm going on 44 years old. For you to have a stroke that young, you know, some factors have to happen. I have family history. My dad had multiple strokes the last three years of his life. Um, and my blood pressure and my cholesterol were high enough for long enough that, like, this happened. And my doctors didn't tell me this, but I believe that the trip to the Dominican, because I did drink a lot and I did not necessarily eat things of new, great nutritional value, mm-hmm. um, and then took a plane ride because the thing is with clots, like they're exacerbated by air travel. Mm. So I think that contributed because the timing is just too is just too perfect. And now I'm telling this for the like millionth time and I'm honestly tired of talking about it. But the only reason I'm talking about it here is because somebody listening doesn't go for their annual physical every year or they're like me and they do go for their annual physical and they just don't listen to the doctor when they tell mm. them they, that, that they should do something you know this is a wake-up call for a lot of people like in my family like my sister said to me our risk for stroke just went up because of you <laughs> and it's yeah, not and right. it's it is a thousand percent not wrong wow and some incredible things associated with this they took a scan of my brain and they looked at it and they said you have a brain that you, this this isn't a scan of a 43-year-old brain. Like, my brain presents as much older because my blood pressure was oh higher for longer. And then I was reading, like, stroke will take nine, nine and a half years off your life. So... It's like these are things that I have to contend with. They can with now. see your the brain how the, the yeah. like the age or the yeah. age. Yeah. I don't even want to see my brain scan. I can I can only imagine. I mean, what? they're just it's just going to be a picture of James Bond. Idiot, yeah, James yeah. Bond, <laughs> the Love Boat, Dallas, nine hundred two one zero, yeah, Oasis, yeah. Um, but yeah, if one person listens to this and goes and exercises or does go checks their numbers or whatever and has a better outcome. Because let's be honest here, I dodged a major bullet. Mm. 10% of people fully recover from strokes. So I was in the right place at the right time, got the treatment in the window that they described, and that's the only reason why I have a mic open literally three weeks after suffering this event. And most people 
And quite frankly, I'm at higher risk to have another one. So, yeah. you know, most people, including myself, if it happens, you're not, statistically speaking, going to have an outcome as positive as this. So please get your stuff checked, get it together. I've had to get it together. I've already lost 10 pounds, which is pretty dope. But um, you can not, tell. Yeah, it's not the <laughs> it's not you the can. preferred method of, right. of weight loss. Right, 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 right. It's good to have you back because when you're not here, we're much less than two thirds of, of a department. You know, I, so it's so it's it's, it's really good to that. have you back. I did that math in my head real quick. But uh, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> I, I, appreciate I get that. it. I get it. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that. But this is not a health and wellness podcast. So we're going to pivot to the Washington Commanders. And um, sometimes they're not good for your health. (laughs) (laughs) There's that. There's that. Uh, Speaking of strokes. um, Yeah. So the Commanders opened the preseason on uh, Friday uh, as of this recording. And um, there are guys who are in the midst of position battles. Uh, we all obviously know the quarterback is of great, uh, you know, great importance to a lot of people. Um, that one's easy, even though it just doesn't really feel like a quarterback competition, right? Because, I mean, Ron Rivera keeps saying he's, it's, he, yeah, he keeps saying don't sleep on Jacoby Brissett, but it's been Howell taking all the first team reps. He, it's, and it feels like it's his yeah, job to lose. It is like Jacoby took if he one, screws up, then Jacoby gets, which him. is very. You know, the odds of that are good. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jacoby is the perfect quarterback for this. If he goes in, I will feel totally fine with him playing. I, I and, would actually feel more comfortable. Correct. And yeah. he took reps with the ones today, which is Monday, just because, like Ron said, well, he's going to have to at some point. So you got to get used <laughs> to it. So, um, I, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of from on, on Friday, to be honest. I mean, I don't think they're going to play – uh, how or Jacoby risking anything. I mean, because they have the two practices with the Ravens coming up, which is going to be, yeah. I think they're going to treat that like more like preseason, more like game stuff. Yeah. Cause how is taking all the ones and he has to take all the ones he is not, you know, people forget like last year he played one game, but he didn't practice with the ones at all during the year. I mean, yeah. he, he, and he only threw 19 passes in that game, right? <laughs> so he needs to do it. And look, it's been, you can say, and yes, I've seen a lot of the practices so far. And look, the defense is in year four of this system. They should be way ahead of this offense, which is now in a new system under Eric Bieniemy. And with Chase and Montez and Payne and Allen, I mean, they they have a chance to be really good on mm-hmm. the defensive side. Mm-hmm. So you see that in practice and the offense struggling, but <laughs> it is uh, they're supposed to be at this point. Like Ron yeah. said, I'd be. I'd be basically be pissed off if the defense wasn't, yeah, you know, way right. ahead at this point. So you've been, but you, as we <laughs> mentioned, uh, George uh, Wallace, our uh, our commander's insider, as uh, fate would have it, you've been at uh, the vast majority of the practices. If you were to look at somebody on the offensive side of the ball who's given you cause for confidence, who you think, okay, this person's on the right track, this person's going to be special this year for us, who would it be? Other than obvi- the obvious, which is Terry, yeah. I'd say Brian Robinson. To be honest, as he said too, we didn't see the full Brian Robinson last year. I mean, he was shot right before the first last right. preseason game. Yeah, you know, like say it so casually, but I mean, it's, you know, um, but we didn't see the full Brian Robinson. So mm-hmm. I, I am excited to see him in that role, and they're going to need him. You know, Ag's Gibson's, um, you know, he's going to be a third down back, which is no surprise. So Robinson's going to get a lot of the. He's going to be the horse. 
Also, three offensive players did not practice Monday. City Charles, Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel. We've heard these guys' names early and often the last couple of years on the injury reports. How much of a cause for concern should we have with these three guys? I think Sadiq, I mean, this is his chance, right? I mean, you got rid of Norwell. You got rid of Trey Turner. Yeah. So this is his chance, finally. I forget what year he was drafted, but, like, this is – I don't think he's in danger of not making the team, but like this is his chance to actually play and right. start along the line. I think Logan Thomas will be fine. He's just, although, you know, that it's a calf. It's not like the knee which he is coming back from. Right. And Curtis Samuel, who knows? I mean, we've seen him. Remember a couple of years ago, he was out basically the entire year, but he doesn't seem to be too concerned about. It. Now they say that it also could just be it's like you know August eighth, and I don't want to practice much. So, <laughs> which is a veteran True. veteran move. But look that calls to mind the offensive line like I'm a little concerned you should be more I'm, than a little I'm a, <laughs> it's like you know we talk about camp competitions it's like the offensive line they have four positions that are in flux yeah for the most part and so um if you're going into a season where you have a guy playing a quarterback who's essentially a rookie like he can't be on his back all the time no. I mean you're going to ruin his confidence so and it's been and depressing frankly, watching this. Not depressing, depressing, but it's been. I mean, they've been getting pushed around a ton by this defensive. Right, line. and quite frankly, look when uh, when uh, free agency happened, you know Andrew Wiley and Nick Gates and all those guys. Yeah. Like I was unimpressed with those signings. I like I look at this offensive line, and I don't think it's as good as the one they had last year. And the one last year was no great No, the, the one right. last year allowed, where they were tied for 25th in sacks allowed. And yeah. and that was with, uh, you know, Taylor Heineke, you know, there for the majority of the snaps so, over the course of the year. I, you are going to destroy, as you mentioned, the confidence of Sam Howell. Just like 100%. last year, I, I didn't think that uh, Carson Wentz was that bad of an addition at quarterback, but for the type of quarterback he was, an offensive line that was absolute slop was the worst possible mm-hmm. matchup for mm-hmm. him. Uh, the worst possible pairing because what was his strength? He could throw deep. You can't take seven-step drops when you have no offensive line. And the what concerns us with this year, Sam Howell, okay, he's a young kid. What you know, He's still finding his way. If he has a very dirty pocket, it's going to be disastrous for him. We've seen many Washington quarterbacks over the years suffer in their growth and development because they can't stay upright. That's the biggest question mark, other than Sam, is the offensive line. I mean, just, you know. Now, Gates, I think Gates is one of those guys. I mean, we saw he's lo- like loose. You're going to, he's going to, he's probably going to be good for a couple, you know, uh, unsportsmanlike penalties. <laughs> he's like, so? yeah, he walks around with that shirt all the time and the, the pads and, one day at practice the other day when the fans weren't out there. By the way, when the fans are not there listening, because we can stay, watch the entire practice, obviously, but you stand on the sideline and just listening mm-hmm. is just it's just great. You just hear every sort of you just hear everything, including Eric Bieniemy and his colorful language, <laughs> and the defense just talking. I mean, the trash talk is just unbelievable. But yeah. anyway, Gates after a play threw the ball at a defender. He didn't like what had happened. And Biennemi just, just lost it. F-bomb, yeah. get out of here. We don't do that here. Give yeah. me another guy, you know. So these guys are being held accountable. But my point was Gates, you see his work ethic, I think, early on. And just his, you know, he's crazy. He's a football player. He's a lineman. But I think, you know, he may be okay. And while he's not, I don't want him to be terrible. It's just going to be interesting to see how they piece it all together. 
I think the biggest question, let's say, if, if we want to talk about something fun right now, who wins the Babe Laufenberg Trophy this summer? <laughs> who is the who is the guy who shines in August? It happens every year where we've got a guy who from out of nowhere and maybe he goes back to nowhere after uh, the preseason ends. Uh, I have a few candidates. Uh, uh, rookie running back uh, Chris Rodriguez, because okay. usually he's a you're rookie. Thinking, yeah, you're thinking him. of somebody lower on the depth chart right. who has a chance to shine. Jake Fromm is going to get plenty of snaps. So just on a volume standpoint, he might be able to put up some pretty big numbers. Dax Milne is the kind of guy that you'll see him in, and he's, he's going to this roster. Try- no, he's not going to make the roster, yeah, yeah. but he's going to put up some big numbers yeah. at, at some point in time. Emmanuel Forbes, first round pick. I think that. He's going to want to prove that he's a first-rounder. He had, From what we've seen, he can make plays, and I think he might be able to make some plays in the preseason and get a little momentum that way. I tell you, his sixes is supposed to be his yeah. forte. He's, a, so. he's like ball hawking. He, he's yeah. got – I mean, just, again, you're watching drills that defenders should win sometimes. And then you see the drills of the one-on-ones that the offense knows where it's going. But he's got – just to watch him, like his anticipation and his – Quickness. And in the preseason, you're going up against vanilla offenses. No yeah. game plans mm-hmm. whatsoever. Right. So if you're a ball hawker like Forbes, yeah. you're mm-hmm. going to be able to take advantage. They're not gonna, they're not game planning for you at this point in right. time. Right, right. I could see some pick sixes. All right. Do so you mix. think Milne? There's no like Cam Sims guy. I don't think there's going to. Uh, I think I, I'm going to go with uh, Rodriguez with the rookies, Milne for the veterans, and then Forbes for the uh, on the defensive side of the ball as far as. Players who I think will set will wake always, up the next day and they'll have this huge box score. We're like, right. oh my god, seven tackles he, or whatever. He always has categories. Then we look <clears> unprepared <throat> by comparison because he 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 breaks it down. Or so I just much. had multiple people because <laughs> yeah. I, I can't make up my mind. He made up the he made up the categories on the fly just right there. I think. You know, we actually tw- we uh, tweet it at uh, WTOP the Babe Laufenberg Trophy yeah. you know candidates yeah. and Babe Laufenberg who now works in Dallas. He's been doing the Cowboys games on the radio, radio for yeah. years. Does TV there? Uh, he actually chimed in. He's like, "Do I get a vote?" I'm like, "That's well, great. Why not? Yeah, certainly." I think uh, kicker is a sneaky good competition because, in case you don't know, Michael Badgley is uh, actually listed as the starter at kicker on the depth chart. If you look at, I mean, in all depth charts right. are unofficial right now, but he's listed as uh, the uh, starter ahead of Joey Sly, who was on the team last year, has ties to Ron Rivera from uh, Carolina. Now, the thing about these two guys, Sly has the big leg. He, he can make those 50 yarders. You remember that game last year where he was four for four and hit right. two of them from 50, and, and um, one of them was like 58. But what he's not is automatic from inside 50 yards. Badgley is automatic, but he's five of 13 from 50-plus. Sly is 17 of 27 from there, but he's actually missed more kicks inside of 50, 11, than he has from beyond 50. There's no chance they're going to platoon a kicker on this roster, will they? I mean, no, no, no that would no, be that'd be beyond that idiotic. Would be, that would be like 2000 when yeah. they had uh, all those uh, kickers. They had the, uh, what was it, the one guy kicking extra Conway. points? Conway. Yeah, they had the one guy Murray. kicking extra points and then one uh, kicking uh, field goals. But, um, but yeah, it really is going to come down to which do you value more, Ron Rivera? Do you value a guy who's automatic from inside of 50 or do you value a guy who gives you a chance? If you have a drive stall out at the 40 yard line. And I I think with this offense, one that we don't know how good or bad it's going to be. It might be a step back from last year as far as what they can do. They do have some playmakers, but 
it's reassuring to once you get to midfield, okay, another first down, mm-hmm. and we are in business to put points on the board. Uh, yes. We're not going to waste a drive because by the at the end of the game, uh, each team has the ball maybe what uh, you know ten, twelve times, fourteen times tops. Yeah. So you don't, you're not gonna get to midfield on every possession. Right. If you're the Burgundy and Gold, <laughs> you can't at the end of the game say, "Oh gosh, we 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 got into you know uh, Cowboys territory, you know five times, and we missed three field goals. The right. drive bogged down, and we couldn't get we couldn't crack the forty, or, and and we weren't able to get it done. Or we got the ball to the fifteen, right. and we missed a chip shot. Right. I'm interested to see because again, you, I mean, like you said, when your offense isn't clicking on all cylinders, you need to be able to make it automatic. I mean, that was the that was a formula for the Baltimore Ravens back in the day. Yeah. You know, they won a Super Bowl playing great defense. Their offense wasn't anything great, but they had a kicker who was automatic, Matt Stover back then. Yeah. Um if if you cross midfield, you can get at least three out of it. And you got a defense that's going to keep people out of the end zone. Washington, I'm not saying that that formula wins in today's NFL because it is a quarterback driven league, but um, there's going to be at least a couple of games difference that that will make like that's, that's two more wins. If you can play that formula at a minimum, right? You figure that uh, there's now 17 regular season games. You figure at least a third of those are going to be one possession games. Yes. And you want to come out on top of those, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, obviously it's, you know, it goes with, and there are the difference between finishing second in the division or maybe even first if everybody you know vomits all over themselves in the <laughs> NFC East or the, this has been a very tight division the last couple of years yeah. even the year that uh, the commanders won as the football team they yeah. won it at seven and nine and you know what they very well could have been a tie in a tie at six and ten yeah you know with a five ten and one Philadelphia team so half a game se- uh, separating the four uh, teams at that point so Every little edge counts, especially in what is a pivotal year for Ron Rivera's head coach. My Babe Loffenberg uh, uh, trophy winner. Yeah, who do you got? Uh, boy. Again, there are no wrong answers unless I mean, it's someone not there, on the team. There's <laughs> there's really not. I mean, uh, Jake Fromm was the first thing that yeah. came to mind for me because he's really nobody. Even Like, if you ask somebody, like, they know who the competition is right. between uh, the quarterbacks, but most people don't know who the third quarterback on the roster is. But if Jake Fromm ends up having a good preseason, there's going to be some people uh, and probably the type of people who still want the old name back. Uh, some people will think that Jake Fromm should get a shot at starting. So you, Colt you Ma- yeah, Colt yeah. McCoy won yeah. multiple Loffenberg trophies. Yes. Back in the yes. day. And now he's uh, throwing passes off uh, receivers helmets in Arizona. It's going to be Colt McCoy in the opening opener yeah. against the commanders. <laughs> and it's that's a right. one o'clock game with a West coast team. Hey. Let the record show, but hey. that's for another day. Oh man. So we can't give everybody, we can't give no. everybody this all at once. It's yeah, not gambling. No. If you got a system, <laughs> Did you uh, pick your Babe Loffenberg person? Uh, no. Do you want to? Would, would no. you like to? No, okay, I, fine. I, I mean, I, no, you, know, you just like his? Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to piggyback off that? I don't have anybody. I haven't seen any. I don't have enough <laughs> to go on yet. Do we got to wait to see what happens on Friday. Do we want to enter the quicksand and quagmire that is college athletics at this point? Hey, you know what? Let's do it. Can't We've, be using these school words, man. I know, man. No, well, hey. Quagmire is a guy from Family Guy, yeah. as far as I'm been reading by the pool. You know? Are we done with the – we didn't do anything else with the commanders while I was gone, did we? Nope. You talked about the kickers? Yeah, we talked about okay. the kickers. We're not you, picking – And, and pre- you don't like that, so. 
We're not I wasn't kicking a preseason record either. For no, you no, were no. I well, yeah, you did. Say I kicked that. in high school. You're a kicker. Yeah, you so were you straight ahead or soccer style? Soccer. Oh, oh come on. Straight ahead. <laughs> soccer style. Did you go with like a like very a different name? Did you kick under a? No, I have my name. Okay. He's, he's very flexible. Yeah. No, it's, uh... All right. The whatever he said about right. college football. Co- well, yeah. Let's, yeah let's, for, let's, first let's off, let's talk college. about the local teams, <laughs> then we'll talk about uh, what's going on nationally. I uh, had a chance to go to both Maryland and Navy's uh, media days. Maryland looks to build off, uh, you know, two solid seasons in a row under uh, Coach Mike Loxley. Big question for them, their offensive line. They have to replace four of five starters. Talia Tungavailo is a a dynamic player. They've got lots of good skill position guys. But, again, if you can't stay upright, if you can't run the football in the Big Ten, it's a wash. Defensively, I like what they've got coming back on the back end. Three of their five starting defensive backs return from last year. Their their defensive front doesn't bring back a lot of experience technically start-wise, but a lot of the guys who aren't starters – they saw a lot of snaps. They rotated last year. Navy has a new offense, new head coach. Uh, they're going to throw the ball more this year, they say. That might be seven times, and they'd still be accurate. <laughs> hey, so, look, I saw that one catch yeah. that went viral yeah. the other day, the one-handed catch. Yeah. 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 They need to throw. throw two, to things, two things in their favor. They do have 16 starters returning, and they do play in a much watered-down AAC. Houston's gone. Cincinnati's gone. Competition is more to their liking. James Madison University in their second season playing in uh, FBS, they actually got a vote in the coaches' poll, not Was by me. You? No, Was no, you? no. I vote in the writers' rankings. <laughs> He's not year. a coach. I'm actually now, and along those, uh, I'm voting the AP Top get, 25 this year. Can get in both. So now I can, as opposed to just irritating basketball fan bases, now I'm getting on the football fan bases too. So all right. somebody yeah. from Mississippi State's going to be like, "Why didn't you vote for my Bulldogs? We're three and six, but all." Six of our losses came to SEC schools. And by one point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, enter key years, year two, under both uh, Tony Elliott and uh, Brent Pry. Uh, former Hokies coach uh, Frank Beamer used to say the, that the biggest improvement of a team during the season was between games one and two. I think the biggest improvement, as far as programs are concerned, are between year one and year two. So let's see what the Hokies and Cavaliers have to put up uh, this fall. Nationally, there's an alphabet soup out there that it's the dust is still settling and the Pac-12 is absolutely gone, which is a shame because what I love about college football is the tradition, is the rivalries, is just the the feeling that uh, there's something bigger than just what's happening right now. And unfortunately, we've got we're going to eventually, I think, wind up with three conferences, maybe, you know, maybe a fourth, depending on what happens with the ACC. But uh, there was a book I read years ago, The Cloud Atlas, by uh, David Mitchell. Tom Hanks stars in the movie with Halle Berry. Check it out. <laughs> it's three hours long. <laughs> Bring a Snickers bar. You but had me a, at Halle Berry. There, there's a quote in it, though. <laughs> the, meat, the, the weak are the meat that the strong do eat. And just like the ACC picked the carcass of the Big East 20 years ago by taking Virginia Tech, Boston College, and Miami, the Big Ten took uh, Maryland 10 years ago. Just like the Big 12 has taken schools from the Pac-12, the SEC will be taking schools from the Big 12. And unfortunately, there's no... The NCAA, for an organization that seemingly tried to micromanage the behavior of student-athletes down to could they eat a bagel for lunch or if there was cream cheese, did it count as a snack or a meal? Or could they wear a T-shirt with the school's logo on it? Or could they profit not even could they profit from their likeness but could they accept a ride on a recruiting trip from a coach or something along those lines it's amazing how hands-off the NCAA has been 
for these schools, mm. basically, and conferences basically playing free agency and picking apart uh, what would have been gr- great traditions from what used to be the Pac-10, now the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and, and what have you. It's a bummer, but it's the way of the world. I mean, it's a money grab. Yeah. It's what it is. It's a money grab. Yeah. They don't care yeah. about the tradition. They don't care about the rivalries. They don't care about these students. No. It's, no. Just, a, it's just a money grab because, look, when we think of these conference realignments, we're thinking of it in terms of football, and actually that's why they're making the moves. But this affects other sports like softball right. and hockey and yeah. all of these other sports that doesn't generate the kind of money that football does. And so these kids have to travel. I mean, you look at – let's just take the Big Ten, for example. Big Ten used to be a Midwest conference. Now you stretch as far east as Rutgers, and now you got two West Coast schools. About to be four. Yes. Right. So you look at it, and you're just like, well, what happens when right. you know UCLA has to play Rutgers? You have a cross-country trip, which, again, if you're football, you shrug it off, no big deal. But – like a you Wednesday know, night field hockey game. Yeah, this, yeah. that's that's brutal. They're for just the gonna travel. have to get. Yeah, you're gonna have to just to kids. They're just gonna be out of school for, you know, if you you go, you're gonna play a series. You're gonna go out in the West Coast and play three teams, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, Thank goodness for Zoom calls. You yeah. can attend class, right? So it's yeah. just disgusting to me because they're only thinking about the monetary outcome of this. They're not thinking about what it does to the. Kids. Another thing with, as uh, like, for instance, a player might go to Maryland because their parents live in the area and so they have a chance to see their son or daughter play. Mm-hmm. Back in the day when they were in the ACC, you could do road trips to the vast majority. You, you might, yeah. you, you wouldn't go to Florida State, but you could fly into Atlanta. You could drive down to the Carolina schools if you wanted to. Yep. That Now you can't do that. Now it's even more extreme. So. Yep. Lacrosse, field hockey, volleyball—you are—it is a national sport, and you know, you, you are—you know—going cross country. And again, weeknight uh, games. Yeah. That you know, I I always joke around about how West Coast teams playing at one o'clock. You know, <laughs> the, 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 these you know eighteen to twenty-one year old kids. Yeah. Yeah. Are trying to you know their 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 body clocks are going to be messed up beyond belief. I'm just trying to think of how we can get more West Coast times into, into this. <laughs> now you're going to have to do like. Field hockey or softball or baseball start times for college. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you got to break it down. Hey, look, if anybody can do it, if, but if anybody it, breaks down the numbers, it's Dave Preston. It is a shame that this is you know the way yeah. of the world, and in a couple of years we're going to have what just the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the SEC, and maybe the ACC just hanging on because it has backed uh, basketball schools. Yeah, it's a shame that the NCAA is as far as how it functions. It, they have had one you know, one group of people in charge of the whole thing as opposed to splitting off and saying, you know what, we need a football commissioner, we mm. need a basketball commissioner, yeah. and then we need a an Olympic sports commissioner because the demands on the schools that play competitive at the highest level, basketball, men's and women's, uh, football, are completely different than the, uh, than the lacrosse and the field hockey and the volleyball demands. So, it's, again... It's as though no one thought about uh, the end result, and that's where we are. That's why we're here. There's a lot of that nowadays. (laughs) I saw the best was that some – I saw the best uh, – I don't remember who tweeted it, but it was like talking about plucking schools from the ACC or whatever, and then someone said, wouldn't it be the best if, like, Dukes just left there by themselves, just standing by (laughs) themselves? Being an independent. (laughs) Yeah. Dukes, that kind of school, though. I I could see them doing that. 
man. That, that, well, sorry, we won't get into that. <laughs> I know we should get Brandon Raby to talk about that. <laughs> he didn't go there. Yeah, though. he didn't attend. He, the school. That's right. No, so I, mean, I can I talk know. about Duke because I went to Maryland. You I went to an ACC I want and I want nothing to do with Duke. So you know, that's fine. <laughs> it's a shame that the business aspect of the college game is such that it takes some of the wind out of the sails of. Probably, in my opinion, still the best regular season in sports, yeah. you know, the uh, college football yeah. in the fall. I agree. And even though it's, for the longest time, it's been one of the worst postseasons in football, right, right, right. it's getting better with more teams in the playoff. Uh, my favorite postseason is the NCAA tournament. That's great. It's a shame that the conference carousel has kind of taken away some of the fun, some of the joy of that. But yeah. we, we don't we don't walk backwards in this world. Or in this podcast. Or in this podcast, you're right. Always and, looking forward. And um, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, good to have you back. Great to have you back. All right, sorry. Good. Great to have you back. Yeah, yeah I was thinking I go. It wasn't way that, to go, George. Way, way, way to undersell. Great's like a yeah. You know, that's a much. <laughs> it's good to be back. It's good for the uh, DC Sports Huddle to be back in your ears. I am Rob Woodfork uh, signing off alongside George Wallace and Dave Preston. We are going to break the huddle. Maybe George will back it up. He did not. At least he's consistent. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't. I don't want to change. People will know something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's your telltale sign of a stroke. Is yeah. If I actually break yeah. the huddle. I like that. <laughs> <laughs>